G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation to Visionathon today at vision.org.au. Pursuing pleasure will never bring personal happiness. It's been said the best cure for hedonism is an attempt to practice it. Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie explains why hedonism or the pursuit of pleasure is unfulfilling. Happiness never comes by direct pursuit. The only place to find real, lasting happiness is in a relationship with God. The people that know God are the happiest people. This is the day when the lost are found. can't walk out your front door and say, I'm going to go and find some happiness. You can't just get in your car and enter happiness in the GPS as the destination. It's no wonder so many people have a hard time finding it. Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie shares a message from his series called Happiness. It's based on the book of Philippians and we'll see that happiness can be fleeting unless it's the byproduct of a genuine relationship with God. ask you a question. Have you ever met someone who said, I really don't want to be happy? You know, happiness may be good for some people, but it's not really good for me. Now, you won't find many people like that. Most people, deep down inside, want to be happy. My goodness, it's even in our Declaration of Independence that we want to be happy in the United States of America. And to the point, even those who say they don't want to be happy, but rather they want to be unhappy, find a certain happiness in their unhappiness. A case in point, have you ever seen a Woody Allen movie? It's sort of like celebrating misery and making it funny too. Well, that's because deep down inside, we all want to be happy. You may be surprised to know that God wired you that way. And this goes back for centuries. Augustine in AD 397 said, quote, everyone, whatever his condition, desires to be happy, end quote. Nearly 13 centuries later, French philosopher and mathematician Blaise Pascal wrote, all men seek happiness, this is without exception. I read uh, in the newspaper a while back the lead singer of one of the most well-known rock bands in the world, and he was quoted to say this, you ask me if I'm happy. Listen, I've bought myself a Rolls Royce. I'm part of the biggest band in the world, and I'm about to move into a luxurious mansion. Am I happy with that? No, I'm not. I want more. See, some things never really change. So is happiness a lost cause? Marilyn Manson said, quote, anyone who thinks they're happy should really go see a doctor because there's no reason to be happy, end quote. 
Milton Berle, the comedian, said, quote, a man doesn't know what true happiness is until he gets married, then it's too late. So <laughs> only I would quote Marilyn Manson and Milton Berle in the same sermon, right, okay? But I'm just trying to show you the spectrum of opinions on the topic. George Burns, another comedian from years gone by said, happiness, it's having a large, loving, caring, close-knit family in another city. Okay, so there was always a punchline with those guys. But listen, despite what all these people tell us, according to the Bible, you can be happy. According to the Bible, you should be happy. And you just need to look for it in the right place. And the problem is, far too many people look in the wrong place and then they conclude, if they don't find it there, that happiness cannot be found. Before I tell you what happiness is and where to find it, let me tell you where you will not find happiness. Number one, being beautiful or handsome will not bring personal happiness. Let me say that again, being beautiful or handsome will not bring you personal happiness. I know this from experience. <laughs> that wasn't a joke. That kinda hurt a little bit, honestly. I mean, to be laughed at in the face? No, I meant it. I meant it as a joke. You know, because I think people think, you know, if I was as beautiful as the girls I see in the magazines and the ads, or if I was as handsome as the movie stars, etc., I'd be happy. In fact, 94% of girls age 18 and under wish they were more beautiful. Let me take a quick poll. How many of you girls wish you were more beautiful? Just be truthful. You wish you were more beautiful. Raise your hand. Yeah, there you go. Okay. So having said that, how many of you think you're already beautiful? Raise your hand. <laughs> huh? Okay. I don't disagree. I'm just interested. But most people always will say, well, you know, I'm okay, but well, look at her. I'm all right, but look at him. 85% of women over 40 say they're not as attractive as the average woman. And that's why last year Americans spent $11.4 billion dollars on cosmetic surgeon fees. And that was Newport Beach alone. <laughs> the 2014 Annual Academy of Facial Plastic and Reconstructive Surgery survey blamed the rise of the selfie. They said we're taking so many photos of our Self. More than ever before, we use Photoshop, Instagram filters, and other enhancements to look our best, and they say plastic surgery is the next logical step. You're always gonna find someone more beautiful than you. Uh, beauty and handsomeness, uh, physical attractiveness, will not make you happy. Number two, personal possessions will not bring personal happiness. They can improve your life, make your life more comfortable, but they will not bring the real happiness you're searching for. There was an article in Time Magazine uh, that had the title, The Real Truth About Money. And it said, quote, clinical depression is three to 10 times as common today than two generations ago. Money jangles in our wallets and purses as never before, but we are no happier for it. In fact, for many, more money leads to more depression. Maybe that's why Proverbs 27:20 says, Hell and destruction are never full, and so is the heart of man never satisfied. Having relationships will not ha make you happy. Now look, you're wired for relationship. You're wired to have someone that you will love 
and, uh, and marry one day. That's not a bad thing, but if you say marriage is gonna make you happy, you're gonna be in for a big shock, maybe even before the honeymoon is over. And, you know, because we're asking a person to do something a person simply cannot do, and we as a person can't meet all the needs of another person because people let us down. Parents let down children, children let down parents, husbands let down wives, wives let down husbands, cats always let down their owners. <laughs> Dogs do better. <laughs> Number four, pursuing pleasure will never bring personal happiness. Pursuing pleasure. I didn't say you can't have happiness in pleasure. There are many fine pleasures in life that are good. You know, a, a nice meal, a beautiful sunset, time with people you love, those are good pleasures. But then there are perverse pleasures, uh, pleasures that are sinful. And the Bible even says there can be a little fun in the pleasure for a time, but then comes the repercussions of it. And you know, you think, well, if I just you know, tried this drug, or if I drank a little bit more, or I had this experience. No, none of those things in and of themselves will make you happy because after the Russian excitement wear off, the deadness kicks in. That's why the Bible says in 1 Timothy 5, 6, she that lives for pleasure is dead while she's living. You wanna be a real zombie, not like you see on TV but a walking dead person, be a person that lives for pleasure. It'll never make you happy. In fact, living for pleasure is one of the most unpleasurable things you can do. It's been said, the best cure for hedonism is an attempt to practice it. So, all right, happiness doesn't come from those things. And where does it come from? Where do you find personal happiness? Simple answer, the only place to find real Lasting happiness is in a relationship with God. You're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California. And today he's helping us to find where real happiness comes from as we launch into a study of the book of Philippians. Let's continue. The people that know God are the happiest people. One of the world's foremost experts on the topic of happiness made this statement. I don't have a religious or spiritual bone in my body, yet I have to admit that the studies show that people with faith in God are happier. And why is that? Well, when you have faith, you have hope. Because you know life is not just this span on this earth. You know there's an afterlife, and if you put your faith in Christ, you have the hope of heaven. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you will, by nature, be a forgiving person, you see? It's been said, the first to apologize is the bravest. The first to forgive is the strongest. The first to forget is the happiest, end quote. And that's true. When you forgive and you forget, that will bring you happiness. So because we have hope, because we forgive, because we have faith, it gives us a happier state. And here's something that might surprise you. God wants you to be happy. Remember when the angels announced the birth of Jesus, they said, we bring you news of great joy. But it can be translated, good news of great happiness. And also we read in Luke 10, 20, Jesus said, be happy that your names are written in heaven. So he's telling us, 
to be a happy person. Now that doesn't mean if you're a Christian you won't have sadness. And sadness is not always a bad thing. You know, sadness has its place, especially when you're mourning someone you love that maybe is gone or, or something else. It's okay, it's a process that we have where we, we cry out to God and deal with these things. But even in the midst of sorrow, even in the midst of mourning, you can still have this deep-seated happiness. It doesn't come from what you have or don't have. It comes from who you know. By the way, there are 2,700 passages in the Bible containing words like joy, happiness, pleasure, laughter, gladness, feasting, and celebration. Let me say that again. Wrap your mind around this. There are 2,700 passages in the Bible containing words such as joy, happiness, pleasure, laughter, gladness, feasting, and celebration. So when you see someone that, you know, they never smile and, and they're never happy, you say, man, you need to read your Bible more because God wants you to be a happy person. And know this, even God himself is happy. Have you ever thought about that? In John 15, Jesus said, I've told you this to make you completely happy as I am. Jesus was happy, but great weight. He was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. That's true, the Bible says that. But he said, I want you to be happy like I'm happy. Do you think Jesus always went around crying and with a frown on his face? I think when that verse is telling us he was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, it's describing the time when he was carrying the cross to Calvary and bearing the sins of the world. But I think Jesus was a happy Savior, a smiling Savior. Do you think children would have wanted to be around Jesus if he wasn't approachable? I think it was that warmth that he had that drew them in. So we serve a happy God, and he wants us to be happy as well. In fact, uh, Paul writes, the glorious news entrusted to me by the blessed God or a better translation would be the good news from the happy God. I like that, don't you? The happy God. And that is one of the main themes running through the book of Philippians. Yet, the fact of the matter is, as circumstantially, the Apostle Paul, the author of this book, had nothing to be happy about. He had nothing outwardly to rejoice about. He didn't write this from some ivory tower he was writing this from a prison cell in Rome. And you know what, Paul knew a lot about personal hardship and discomfort. Uh, he suffered more than most people ever will. In 2 Corinthians eleven twenty four, here's what he says. I've worked harder, I've been put in jail more often, I've been whipped times without number, I've faced death again and again. Five different times the Jews gave me 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned and left for dead, I might add. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and day adrift at sea. I've traveled many weary miles. I've faced danger from flooded rivers and waters. I've faced danger from my own people, the Jews as well as the Gentiles. I've faced danger in the cities and the deserts and on the stormy seas. I've faced danger from those who claim to be Christians but are not. I've lived with weariness and pain and sleepless nights. Often I've been hungry and thirsty and I've gone without food. Often I've shivered with cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. And beside all of this, I have the daily burden of how the churches are getting along. <laughs> wow. 
So you think you have problems? I was talking about a cold. It seems pretty silly compared to what the Apostle Paul went through. He wrote this book from Rome. Now when we think of Rome today, you know, we think of a city of ruins, amazing pizza and pasta, scooters everywhere, the Treve Fountain, you know, things like that. Maybe a romantic spot. Well, the Rome of Paul's day was a much different place. It was effectively the capital of the world. The Roman Empire had bludgeoned the planet into submission. And uh, living in Rome at this time was a very dangerous thing because Caesar Nero was in power. He was probably the worst of the Caesars. Uh, he instituted daily uh, contests in the arena between the gladiators there in the great Colosseum, a good part of which is still standing in Rome today. And uh, he became progressively more bloodthirsty and decadent. Uh, a contemporary of Nero, a Roman philosopher known as Seneca, wrote with dismay saying, I felt as if I was living in a sewer, end quote. Nero is believed to be the one who set Rome on fire and then he blamed it on the Christians. We know historically that Caesar Nero took a perverse pleasure in torturing and murdering followers of Jesus Christ. Stories are told of how he would cover them in animal skins and let them be attacked by dogs. He would crucify them. He would even cover Christians in pitch and set them aflame to light his garden as he would ride around in his chariot. His mother was murdered by him. He murdered his mother after his rise to power. And her last words tell something of how wicked Nero had become as the emperor. She said to the executioner, the good thing about my death is the womb that bore Nero is now dead. Wow, this is one bad dude. And he was in power. And this is where Paul was. And yet he's brimming with joy. And he's talking about happiness. He's chained to a Roman guard day and night. His case was coming up shortly, but Paul didn't know how it would turn out. He might be acquitted. He might be beheaded. Uh, he originally wanted to preach in Rome and he ends up here as a prisoner. And if this isn't bad enough, many of the believers were against him. They were spreading lies about the great apostle. So he was under the most miserable circumstances imaginable. And yet here he is rejoicing. Pastor Greg Laurie pointing out just how encouraging it is that Paul found joy even in the midst of unimaginable hardship. Well, next time on A New Beginning, we'll receive some more insight from Pastor Greg as we delve deeper into the study of Philippians and continue his series called Happiness, Where to Find It. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called Happiness, Where to Find It. If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast. Or for a copy on CD, contact Vision Christian Store on 1-800-00-5011 or visionstore.org.au. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.